Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In case you haven't heard, the Jets have made a pretty drastic change to their season ticket holder stuff. We finally got some NHL trade deadline action, and I have some thoughts on the biggest NHL uh, surprises and disappointments from teams around the league. Which squads really held up their end of the bargain, and which ones were, well, absolutely atrocious. All this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. If you enjoy hearing me talk about the Jets and want to stay tuned to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, I mentioned at the start of this episode that the Jets have made um, some pretty drastic changes to the season ticket holder program, and I think this was probably in some ways uh, inevitable and maybe a bit overdue. You know, the Jets have kind of run things for many years with what you would probably call a subscription model, right? So season ticket holder programs, they always allow you to uh, lock into a seat for several years at a time if you really want to. But most programs that I've seen, at least in recent times, allow you to figure out, you know, year over year, which ones you want to commit to, right? It's not like you're signing a long-term deal for multiple seasons at a time, which up until, you know, recently, the Jets were actually doing. You would sign a three-year contract, which is a pretty hefty commitment. And it does seem like True North has been paying attention to the attendance figures um, and kind of getting a pulse on what exactly the fan base is saying. And I, I think there's been some growing uh, dissatisfaction recently with um, a lot of folks who maybe haven't been as thrilled with the arena atmosphere. Uh, you know, the performance of the team is certainly impacting things. And then on top of that, you've got in a lot of places, a bit of a declining economic situation with a lot of families who, you know, are, are looking to make ends meet and Jets tickets are not super cheap. So, you know, for a family to go to a game and lock in seats or even just fans who aren't even with a family necessarily, uh, you know, just on their own, it's not it's not exactly the easiest decision to make. So this new setup, I think, is going to be a lot more fan friendly. Uh, you know, the first thing they're doing is getting rid of multi-year seat holder agreements, which you know, this is probably something that should have happened a while ago, but, you know, obviously the Jets have been uh, pretty happy with the performance of the multi-year deals. Nowadays, though, I think a lot of folks are looking to maybe be a little bit more conservative in how committed they are to uh, a deposit like this. And so the Jets are trying to figure out a way to make it a little bit more flexible so that they're not losing attendance and all because it's prohibitively expensive. You know, I, I bet you a lot of people recently haven't quite been as up for renewal. So this plan, I think, is going to encourage more folks to do it, and I would imagine that you'll see maybe a bit of a jump back in the renewals for season ticket holders. 
One of the other things that kind of gets rolled into this is the return of the seat holder deposit. If you don't end up using it in this season, you can apply it to the next season, which, you know, is pretty convenient if you if you don't end up using it. Obviously, it's not a situation where you're going to lose it, so you don't have to worry about trying to rush and get to a game or something. More or less what you would expect in that sort of scenario. Uh, they're also talking about enhanced benefits, which I think it could mean like an expanded Jets reward program, but just for uh, season ticket holders instead. Obviously, they've had a lot of different promotions over the years, so if there's more stuff that they can offer fans, I think that would only make it better, and you'd probably get more attendance. Um, You know, everyone kind of loves tchotchkes and things, but having a little bit more engagement with the team and getting, you know, essentially rewards points and stuff for actually attending, I think, would be a good way to encourage more of the really diehard fans to show up especially if the team's performance on the ice isn't nearly as good as you were hoping. There's got to be some other perks and things that would really catch your eye. For me personally, I think a good example is the Orioles, where, you know, they have a pretty okay rewards program. I wouldn't say it's anything outstanding, but because there are so many other accompaniments and really good concessions, a really calm atmosphere at the, the ballpark, and a lot of things that just make it a very pleasant experience... I can actually go and enjoy it despite the fact that the Orioles are like the worst team in baseball. So if the Jets can find a way to make, you know, Canada Life Center a little bit livelier and more interesting uh, and especially more rewarding for fans to attend, I think that would go a long way. Speaking of uh, making Canada Life Center more interesting and, and fun, the team has also talked about trying to invest more into renovations. They've already spent something like $55 million or so into the current renovations, adding on ice projections and different things like that, which we've seen across the league. A lot of teams are getting into the whole stadium atmosphere gig. Uh, and the team has also announced that there's another $15 million or so being allocated to further renovations. Um, not quite sure what it's going to be in terms of um, any sort of an enhancements uh, to seats or maybe further concession stands or something not clear yet but i'm sure they'll announce these plans as time goes on but maybe the last and most interesting thing they've talked about is uh, a winnipeg jets membership advisory council which has been something that other teams around the league have apparently done it sounds like they've modeled this one off of the boston bruins uh, in part because the bruins one is very successful it's sort of a way to really get a pulse on what fans are asking for and can help influence decisions I also feel like the Jets just need to do a little bit more to, to actually connect to the fan base in general because I think that there is a decent disparity nowadays between the fan sentiment and where the team thinks it's going. I think that there has been a divergence over the past couple of years, and even with like some of the most diehard fans, you know, a lot of them aren't super thrilled with a lot of the changes. So this is a good chance for uh, the Jets to kind of figure out where they are and get some thoughts from a lot of the fan base. I think the fan base may be, you know, right on certain things. We don't always agree. Certainly we have a lot of uh, (laughs) differing opinions on players and how things are done, but the council will hopefully give the team some insight into what we're all talking about and how to make the experience more fun and engaging for fans around the Jets fan base. I'm sure we'll be hearing about more of these promotions and things over the next several months as Winnipeg gets ready for the offseason and transitioning into next year. So stay tuned to this podcast. We'll talk about it as the announcements come out and how this all may impact you as a fan. As far as the Jets updates are concerned, that is the most exciting news. There is other news, though, outside of the Jets, and I thought it would be worth talking about some of the injury stuff and some of the trade updates around the league because, you know, it is getting closer to the deadline, and I'm sure a lot of us are eagerly anticipating at least something happening soon. 
We'll talk about the first signs of action here in just a little bit, but before then, I thought you should hear about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we roll up onto the NHL playoffs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Also be sure to check out some of our great trade deadline coverage coming up on Monday, March 21st at 3.30pm Eastern. And you can tune into Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice fantasy and betting analysis you need from hosts Steel Rodon and Flip Livingston with appearances from our local roster of team experts. You can also catch our show covering the deadline news and Jets transactions on the following Tuesday, probably around 7 or 8 a.m. in the morning. So you can wake up to the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets trade analysis and thoughts on whether or not Winnipeg is actually a stronger team. Speaking of the trade deadline, we have a couple of interesting events that have occurred recently, including an actual exchange of players and assets. The first that is going to fall, the first trade I should say that is going to fall, is a strange one in a lot of ways. Josh Manson is going to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Drew Hellison and a second round pick. Now, it's a 2023 second rounder, and from what I understand, 2023 is one of the best classes we've ever seen. So, that might actually be like a first round pick if it were a less deep draft. I don't know. I'm not really sure how uh, much the talent tapers off once you leave maybe the first 20 or so first round picks, but... If it really is as deep as it could be, and it sounds like it is, maybe a 2023 second is actually pretty expensive. I don't know a lot about Hellison. I think he might have been a defensive prospect at one point. Um, Not really sure if he's anything too exciting for the Ducks here, but either way, for Anaheim, I think they were probably pretty okay with letting Manson go. He was an expiring deal. He's like 28 or or, or 29 or so, um, so he's not exactly a young spring chicken, and Uh, They are retaining about half of his remaining salary and cap it, but in terms of the player that Colorado is getting, you know, Manson ages ago was a really effective two-way, really physical defender uh, who actually had some decent uh, scoring chops and could, you know, create some okay transition, but mostly he was just a really strong, stout defensive presence alongside Hampus Lindholm, but over the past couple of years, that, that sort of reputation has fallen off, and his on-ice performance hasn't really matched up to uh, the contract that he currently has. So, for the Avs, I don't really know that Manson is much of an upgrade. You know, they probably could have just kept their existing assets and been fine. Maybe their scouting department really feels that Manson is underrated and that there's more to him than meets the eye, which is entirely possible. Sometimes teams will make an exchange if they feel it, there is a, a a player with some sort of technical aspect or approach to a position that they're currently lacking, and Colorado has traditionally 
not had great in-zone defending, so maybe this is their attempt to fix that. I, I can't really say that this is actually going to be uh, a tremendously impactful deal, but it is the first of what will likely be many trades for defenders. And if that is the going rate for Manson, you know, Bolu is probably like a fourth rounder or something, maybe even a fifth rounder, which is fine with me. As, as long as the Jets get something for Nate, I really don't care how much it costs. Uh, I think the biggest thing for the Jets is just moving off a contract so that they can start playing Billy Heinola a lot more frequently. I thought Heinola looked like a fun player. Again, defensively he has some issues, but part of his game is to create defensive actions through offensive interpretations, right? So getting up the ice, keeping the puck away uh, from opposing skaters, keeping it moving and cycling it out rapidly, that has always been Heinola's approach, and I think towards the end of his last Jets stint, we were seeing it with more regularity, and honestly, it, it actually works out pretty okay. It's just that, you know, when it comes to defending inside the zone, that's where he's a little bit weaker, um, and certainly the Jets don't really have a structure or a roster that supports, uh, you know, sheltering him in a different kind of role. Aside from that, the other really big piece of news that kind of popped up was Jakob Chikrin getting injured for two to four weeks, which will actually put him um, in decent cap straights for an actual trade, and he'll be back in time for the postseason, right? So Chikrin is obviously one of the biggest commodities in terms of tradable players, and, you know, if you're looking for a really good top four puck-moving defender with a great shot, Chikrin just kind of checks off all the boxes. I really can't see too many downsides to him. His contract is affordable. He's got term. Um, he's on the younger side, right? He's like in his early 20s. He's coming from a team that is pretty bad, but he has been traditionally a pretty standout skater for them. So even with the injury, I don't know it's, if it's really going to be that much of an issue for a team. It might actually make the number of suitors even greater since if he's on IR, you know, some of that cap hit's going to be coming off this year and teams would love to be able to fit that contract in right now and get him uh, into their, their team roster. So, yeah, Chikrin might actually be even uh, even more highly sought after, and I think he is, for me, one of the clear biggest trade deadline acquisitions uh, a squad could make. And I don't know where he's going to end up. Maybe it's Toronto. Maybe it's a team like, uh, I don't know, Minnesota or something. I mean, there's a couple of teams out there that would probably be interested in his services, I really don't think that there are many that he would actually fit, though. You know, the Wild probably not. I don't even know if they've actually been interested in him, to be honest. Maybe Columbus takes a stab. You know, there's there should actually be a laundry list of half the league in on him, but the number of teams that can actually afford him and can make him work for them may be a little bit more limited. So we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe the injury is going to uh, throw a bit of a monkey wrench in some of these teams' plans. We'll find out more and know more as we approach a trade deadline coming up in about just a week or so. Until then, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, a little over halfway through the season, which teams have been the biggest surprises and which ones have maybe been really, really disappointing, surprising in maybe not some great ways. We'll chat about those teams in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I thought you should hear about RockAuto.com and why they should be your number one destination for all of your auto part buying needs. Before we go any further, I thought you should hear about why rockauto.com is the best place to buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need, and you find out they don't even have it in stock. 
If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you'll always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello friends and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked on Jets. I thought since there was a bit of a lull in between uh, you know, all the trade deadline action and the Jets actually playing, which they will be playing tomorrow against the uh well, actually, it would be today for you since this podcast is being recorded the night before, but it'll be against the Vegas Golden Knights. How exciting. But of course, there are a lot of teams um, that are still kind of going throughout their season, and some of them might be surprising for the right reasons and for the wrong reasons. Actually, Winnipeg's uh, opponent this evening is going to be one of those teams that is surprising for the wrong reasons. Let's start off with the disappointments first. The first big team that I think maybe caught a lot of people off guard with just how bad they've been is Vegas. Now Vegas hasn't been nearly as bad as it was to start the season. They have recovered decently well. They've, uh, well, I can't really say that they've had a great run since losing Mark Stone, but prior to that, you know, the team looked like it was rounding form. I think that the surprising thing with them is that their defense is just super poor. It's been very leaky uh, the goaltending hasn't really been able to cover it, and the offense without Mark Stone especially has been decent, but not enough, and all of these issues are kind of putting Vegas in a difficult spot where there's not really one solution to everything that ails them, but there is a pretty good chance they are going to miss the postseason, and it would be the first time that they haven't made it, so maybe it's time they got knocked down a peg. For many, there was another big disappointment in the Seattle Kraken, but if you ask me, I thought that this team was going to be bad. I really couldn't see a scenario in which this team, which honestly does not have that much talent up front um, and, and honestly paid way too much for Philip Grubauer, I really couldn't see them climbing into the postseason. I know that the Pacific is not that great, but Seattle just doesn't have the, the kind of roster depth that would really push them into the postseason. I had a thought where maybe the defensive structure might be enough to get them there and a weakened Pacific would be a ripe ground for them to take advantage of. But instead, Seattle has now found itself at the very, very bottom, sinking faster than the Titanic. And, you know, they've only got 18 wins on the season, which is actually less than the Arizona Coyotes. And what's even crazier is uh, the Kraken have actually played two more games than the Yotes have. So not a super inspiring sign of success, right? This is the team that I think is maybe a bit of a disappointment but honestly if you really dig down would you have imagined this team making the playoffs I think a lot of folks would probably have given that one a little bit more consideration and maybe answered no not so much another disappointing team I have to say has been the Jets I mean the offseason acquisitions really didn't pay off Winnipeg just looks a step behind and you know the coach leaving at the middle point-ish of the season hasn't really paid off you know, Maurice then turned it over to the support staff and the support staff, you know, think and operate a lot like he does. So again, not much of a changing of the guard when you really think about it. I'm not going to harp on it too much, though. You've heard my pieces before about how I feel this season has gone for the Jets. Let's talk about the positive surprises. Uh, the teams that kind of really stick out in a good way for me include the Florida Panthers. Now, the Panthers, 
they were always a sleeping giant awaiting uh, the right leadership and management to lead them to the next level because they have a really talented roster. But uh, since Bill Zito took over, I mean, they're just on a warpath. This team really cannot be stopped, and I would love to see them play against the Colorado Avalanche. That, I think, would be an absolutely crazy game. These are two teams that have well over 200 goals this season in favor of. So, yeah, I would imagine a shootout, lots of goals scored, lots conceded for both goaltenders. But maybe Bravosky really pulls on, you know, this Vesna performance that keeps uh, Florida really advancing through the rounds and maybe straight to a cup. Another surprisingly good team, the Calgary Flames. I wasn't really sure how Daryl Sutter would coach this team after having been retired for several years. Would he be able to keep up with the modern trends? Would he recognize young talent that would help him, you know, take this team further than it's ever been before? I think Calgary might have finally started putting two and two together. You know, the top six definitely has some issues, but Mangiapane, Goudreau, and then the back end with guys like Shillington and Anderson, just a really strong team. And I think that there's enough balance there with Markstrom being Vesna caliber in net that you look at this team and... They are a uh, a real dark horse pick to make it through a few rounds. Do I think they'll win the cup? Probably not. Do I think that they're going to give some teams an absolute fit along the way? Yes. They are very strong. They're difficult to play against. And they play hockey the right way with defense, defensive responsibility without sacrificing offensive creation, even if their finishing talent might be a little bit lacking. The last surprising team we'll talk about are the LA Kings, who have somehow found themselves in second place in the Pacific. Now, they have played a little bit more than some of the other teams uh, below them in the standings, but really hard to imagine teams like San Jose, um, uh, you know, climbing up and making up that much of a difference. Vancouver might be one of the few teams that's trying to chase them and the Oilers, but frankly, Vancouver's not going to make up that ground either. So the Kings probably safe to make the playoffs. This is an all right team. I think that Offensively, they're doing enough to create and get some star production from guys like Kopitar and some players I probably won't remember or be familiar with. The goaltending and defense have seemed solid enough. It's just one of those quintessential wildcard kind of squads that's well-balanced, maybe not great at anything in particular, and probably is not destined to advance more than a round or two. But hey, maybe the Kings have some magic in store from a few years ago, and they surprise us all with a deep, deep playoff run. I'd be curious to know which teams have stood out to you this year, though. Who has surprised you? Who has maybe disappointed your expectations? Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Tomorrow, we will be recapping Winnipeg versus Vegas, a pivotal game for the Jets if they are intent on making the playoffs, much as that might strike me as a mistake. But for tonight's show, we're going to be hanging up the skates. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodon and Philip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!